Well, hello, companions. Yes, I'm starting this one off with a little intro, because, well, I owe you an apology. For those of you in the future who are binging or catching up on the podcast after release, this apology probably doesn't feel necessary to you. But to you companions who listen upon release, seven months is a long time to go without an episode, and I'm truly sorry. I could give you a rundown on what has stopped me from releasing on our regular bi-weekly schedule, but the broad reason behind it is honestly just life. Expected and unexpected things have come up. One of the expected ones and easiest to mention is my new job. It's a lot more demanding than I have had in the past, and there's a lot for me to learn to be efficient. It's quite draining at the end of my workday. Dee and I did get a new dog a day before Thanksgiving 2022. That one was a very unexpected and kind of caused a bit of chaos in the house. Still kind of chaotic, but definitely settling in more. There are many other things, but I don't know that I care to list them all out here. Basically, I'm trying to get us back on track to close out the campaign. The episode you are about to listen to was recorded in the summer of 2022, along with the next two episodes to be released. Because of my lack of getting content out, though, I have been pausing the Patreon donations monthly manually. They won't let you just turn it off indefinitely, from what I can tell. I honestly do not plan to take donations from this point forward until we decide if we will be doing a second campaign. So if you want to go download all the content we have out there on Patreon and then cancel it, that would be a big relief to me so I can turn our Patreon off permanently. Or set it to free. I really haven't decided yet. With that, just wanted to say thanks for sticking with us as I figure things out with the chaos of life. We probably have like 10 to 15 more episodes before the campaign closes out, including this one. Maybe less. I, I don't know. We'll see. And with that, tighten your bootstraps and sharpen those blades. We got to save the world. Well rested after the fight with Mestic, you all head down the mountain. You use your magic here and there to make it easier. Featherfall here, Dimension Door there, you're making good time. It has been a week into your two-week journey back to Athern, and Dorith, as you are belly up against a mountain, hands sprawled out above you while your feet teeter on a ledge, you hear in your head, Dorith, have you completed your mission? Kind of the wrong time right now. I'll hit you back later. (laughs) (laughs) And the six of you continue along this small ledge until a somewhat flat area comes into reach for you. And you all take a break and grab hold of each other. I think I have to make a call. Give me a second. That was Chismrism, right? It was Chismrism. We have full HP again, right? Yes, y'all are fully rested. Uh, I'll use sending to contact... Chismrism on whatever plane he may be existing on right now. <laughs> hey, uh, it's me, Dorian. Yes, we've closed the gate. We're on our return now. Dorian. I think I could bring you back via the Chaos Portal to Cerebell. 
Let me know when you're on a stable footing and have a rock, the two collar pieces, the acid, and the water. God. Guys, I got some good news and I got some uh, news. What's the news? Well, uh, do we still have the components to create the uh, the thing that we did with Chismrism with the face and the acid and the... Did someone get acid? I mean, I have spells that can make acid. I don't have the kind you're looking for. Interesting. Well, the point is, Chismrism says that he can bring us home through the Chaos Portal uh, as long as we're on stable footing and we have all those things. And... Uh, Needs like some rocks or something. It was. I know there was some acid. That that just sticks out. Sh- should I draw his face in the sand again? I don't remember. Is that part of it? Uh, are we gonna trust this chaos portal to get us back safely? I think it's just that's more of a name now that it has the orbs, right? It's with the orbs powering it, it's become stable. It's more of just a portal. It's a stable portal. Less chaotic than it was. I mean, you know. It's the law portal. portal. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Doris has been wanting to try this thing out since day one. This is true. Well, if Felomir thinks it's safe. Uh, Can't really say, but I'm tired of walking, so I say we do it. Let's trust the very old man's opinion on all all this walking we've been doing. I'm tired. (laughs) I I trust him him with the orbs. I trust him with the portal. I, I I think this is the way. But the question was, can we even do it? Do we have the components? You said something about stable footing. What is? What did he mean by that? We'll just, Maybe. as long as we're just not like, you know, climbing or something. We just looks pretty stable to me. Yeah, I have a feeling movement during the process is probably not good. And what else did we need? Acid, yes. Some copper, I think. Yeah, uh, copper pieces. Oh. Oil? Water? Was there oil or? Yes, I do remember water. Doroth, would you want to just maybe ask him uh, what we should do? And I'll, I'll lay hands on you and make sure you get your health back afterwards. Yeah, I'll do that. I don't, I don't remember. It, uh... <laughs> hey, it's Doroth again. Could you repeat those ingredients for me again? I'm a little, you know, it, it's... It... Doroth. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Two copper pieces for the eyes, a rock for the nose, acid for my mouth, water for my hair and beard. Okay. I I think I got it, guys. We are, in fact, still making a face. Uh, So it's going to be two copper pieces for for the eyes, of course, a rock for his, his nose, his nose, water for his hair and beard, and acid for his mouth. Okay. I think, I, I think that was it. Seems simple enough. I've already drawn a picture of him in the, in the snow. Give me a performance check, Kath. <laughs> I fell. <laughs> it's it's literally just a smiley face in the snow. <laughs> that that kind of looks like him. Let me uh, let me doctor this up a little bit. Who's to say he's not smiling? Who's doing it? Me. Give me a performance check. 25. Hey, you're doing better this time. After Kurgle nailing it last time, you've... Photographic memory, memory, figured out what you need to do. Alrighty, here we go. Didn't he say it didn't have to be great? That's the only way we did it last time. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> One final mole here, and we're good. Wow. That's amazing. 
I'll find a rock and put it in the nose. All right. Put a rock in the, on the nose. I'll use my water skin to do his hair and beard. Okay. Then I will need a arcana check from you. Why? Because that's what I because that's what I did the last time when they I did just this. Think, just thinking it's water, right? It came out of my water skin. But just setting up the ritual. This is a somatic component. I'm real good at that, so we're good. we're good. Have it's you fun. ever met Chisholm Rizzo? No. Ooh, <laughs> maybe we went and talked to him, didn't we? Were you there? Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, the yeah. Sure I was there. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. yeah, he came to the war council. Let's go with five. Can we do a five? It doesn't have to be great. I heard someone say that. I mean, D said it, but I didn't. <laughs> mm. So this has been ruined. This picture has been ruined by the water on the snow. Damn it. Wow. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, can we maybe we just do a mulligan on this one? Really? Maybe uh, don't pour your water skin all over its face. I, you have to believe. Maybe it's hard. That wasn't my intent. I was trying to do hair and a beard, and I've never done water art before. It's just not really my thing. Diversify so, your portfolio. I don't have a portfolio. How I don't dare have you one even... in my inventory. <laughs> have you Where would met I keep it? How dare you even call yourself an artist? I didn't. I never did. I never once said I was an artist. Oh. I cast magical spells occasionally, and never once have I had to draw an image of someone to do that. It's really, real, mine are really simple. It's just like, oh, thunder around your ankle or something. This guy was judging us. I still mm. am. Well, I think the rock is still in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can see what I can do here. Let me fix it up. Another performance check. 25. Wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think you might have a career in this. It looks even better than before. All right, let me back at it with the water. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. Let's do this one more again. Let's go with 10 that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plus three. I have pretty good, like, that's decent. You left a bald spot. Yeah, let me just uh, fill this in real quick. He wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> Would you this. like to hold my water skin? I have my own. Oh, okay, perfect. You know how when you draw something in black and white and then you go to color it? That's what's happening here. It I've, just ruins I've the ruined whole it thing. With color, yes. Uh, uh, give me an arcade check to fill in the bald spot. <laughs> 22. <laughs> he wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so we got the rock in the nose. Did I hear the cop pieces were put in place? I'll also do that. What does acid not melt? Well, we used the brazier last time. <laughs> I believe it ruined the brazier. Mm-hmm. It probably <laughs> depends on what the acid is to some degree, right? It's I mean, magic, it's magic acid. Magic acid. acid. We're just going to go with vague magic acid. Really, probably like a like a plastic would be ideal if we if that's a thing. In Dungeons and Dragons, it's plastic. Glass. Glass would be great. Glass should be fine. It's more about the impact of the spell. Yeah, this isn't just, this is Melf's acid arrow. <laughs> so if, if you could. That's what uh, I used last time. Yeah, we had to make like a trough or something. To mm. like, okay, I. This was the hardest part. Astra is going, are we like, what's what's the ground situation? Are we snow area uh, yeah, still? Yeah, it's snow. Okay, I'm just going to cast a, a chromatic orb of acid inch diameter little ball of acid into the snow and then take out my mess kit and just like get a spoon and just like try to like quickly like drizzle it okay uh let's do an arcana check with that then it's gonna be uh 13 all right you do ruin your spoon in the process but you get some acid into the mouth you're not sure if it's enough but it's there how does it look felomir how does it look compared to the last one um 
Just, there was definitely more acid in the mouth last time. I think we need more acid. Okay, I'll take out another spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and just try to, like, quickly before it completely melts. I don't know if there's two spoons in a mess kit. Where, where'd you get all those spoons <laughs> in? <laughs> I mean... I don't think I have a spoon. I eat with my hands. <laughs> like gla- right, There's like a, me- a bowl, probably. Yeah, you could do kit. a bowl this time. I'm just going to have a ruined mess kit. Just mend it. I'm in the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you mend the spoon. Let's go. Get wet, Finally, <laughs> master. She's yes. been wanting to use mending Fuck for yes. so long. Mm. Thank you. Yes. I yes. forgot I could do that. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Astra mends the spoon. <laughs> and she's so happy. <laughs> she's just, just like, holding a spoon in front of her face and is just smiling. And at this point, the acid has completely dissipated. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> And I go for another scoop of acid. All right. Give me an arcana check. 23. All right. This is looking a lot better. It's worth doing. Hell yeah. How about now? I think we might have it. Okay. Astro Benson spoon again. (laughs) Nice. Now what did we do next? I don't remember. I think you just contact and let them know we're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think we're ready on on our end. What, What was the last step? Oh, I just needed to know that you were done. I'll talk to you in a second. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) the face that was drawn starts to billow up. And it becomes a mound that is Chisholm Rizm's face. And then it animates his mouth movement as he talks. Well, hello there again. This will never not be creepy. On a mountain, I see. Y'all really like mountains. Last time we did this, you were on a mountain. Yeah, we traveled up a lot of mountains. <laughs> well, uh, did Doroth tell you that I could bring you back with the Chaos Portal? Uh, yes. Are, are we sure that this is the Chaos Portal in good working order? I tested it with sheep. <laughs> if it will teleport a sheep, it will definitely teleport us. Yep. I mean, there is some, you know, calibration that may need to be handled, but we'll get there. Y'all ready? Wait, wait. What does that mean? Ready as we'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what you're going to do is you're going to gather around Doroth. It's a 10-foot diameter sphere or cylinder that will pick you up. So make sure your arms and legs are within the 10-foot diameter because we don't want to leave them behind. Okay. (laughs) I have left some sheep heads and tails behind. Well, say no more. (laughs) Cuddle up. Uh I'm going to go up to Dorth and just wrap my arms around (laughs) him. I want to make sure that I'm physically touching him. Yeah, I think we're all just going to roll in there and bear hug (laughs) it out. Scooching close. Pivak. Yeah, oh <laughs> to me. Hooty. I'm also gonna like get a hand on shoulder and on a door shoulder and say nice work as we're cuddling and give him help. All right. Who the hell is that? <laughs> and I'm gonna point to the owl. It's Hootie. Oh, you've never met. That's my familiar. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> He's cool. Don't don't worry about it. They all yeah. <laughs> We've been together a long. Morning. Just get in the get in the circle. They're good. Get in. Oh, you know, I think I can summon a familiar too. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> On the ground, a yellow dot begins to glow just outside of your grouping. A ray of yellow light shoots up from the ground. It then splits in two and makes a perfect circle around you. You can feel a heat emit from the magic circling you. It leaves a scar on the ground in its circular path, and a little bit of radiance still lingers from the circle. That yellow light starts to vibrate as if reacting to sound frequencies. 
The ground beneath you shakes and trembles. You hold fast and tighten your grips to each other as it gets so bright you can no longer see outside of your 10-foot circle. Gravity seems to increase, attempting to push you down to the ground. Your knees strain and they almost want to buckle over. It takes over a minute for the entire process to complete. But then it all immediately comes to a stop. You each slowly open your eyes, adjusting from the bright lights of this teleportation. You look around. You are not in the Academy of Plater Learning. Hell yeah. You are not in Saravale. You don't even think you're in Mithron. Bellamir, as you look around, you feel like you are in a swampy version of Lathansis. You even see bright bioluminescent bugs in the assorted colors of the rainbow flickering above in the shades of the tree's canopy. Around you is a thick underbrush on the swampy floor. And as you gaze around in amazement of the lights and colors, you are caught off guard as in this clearing you stand in, the brush and trees surrounding it begin to shake. And rushing out of the brush, bending trees to the side, three large green-skinned trolls rush out to attack. Dory, you hear in your head, I don't think it worked. Are you there? We're somewhere. Give me initiatives. <laughs> All right, first up is one of the trolls. It rushes forward and attacks Keth. Critical miss and nine for his two claw attacks. Those are misses. All right, good start, troll. That's all he does. Wait, no, I'm sorry, there's three attacks. There's also a bite. Uh, This one is a 19. That is a miss. All right, so all three misses against Keth. And then after troll number one, we then go to Keth. I will attack him back. All right. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack him recklessly. Okay. With my Warhammer. 26 for the first one. 24 for the second one. Both hit. 18 points of damage. Two whacks with your Warhammer. Knock him to the left and right, but he is still standing easily. And after Keth, we then move on to Gorth. Hmm. It doesn't seem like a good idea to move at all. Seems like I'm in a pretty good spot right here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I'm going to hold my turn. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Holding your turn. And then we move on to Felomir. I am going to cast a spell. All right. I'm going to cast Eye Bite. All right. Because I haven't done it yet. What's it do? For the spell's duration, my eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power. One creature within 60 feet must succeed on a wisdom save or be affected by a condition. Okay. And then I can target a different creature on each of my turns for a minute. So I roll. So you're going to make a wisdom save. I will target. Uh, They're all within 60 feet. We'll target the one closest to me. All right. That's going to be troll number two. Troll number two must make a wisdom save. DC 18 critical 19. Dang it. Well, nothing happens. (laughs) That's literally the spell I was looking at on my phone when I held my turn, but I was like, well, you're surrounded by people. You don't want to have to, like, look over somebody's shoulder to do this. Just just hold on. 
All right. Is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Felomir? That will be it. All right. After Felomir, we then move on to Rokar. I think I'm just going to attack him. Okay. Attack the one closest to me. All right. Do you have a 10-foot reach? Or no, you... I'm going to have to move. Okay. Uh, five feet closer to him. Pretty sure I get three attacks, right? And then what's going on now? Yeah, I think two normal attacks and then a blunt attack. I you just I... get three at level oh, 11 yeah. as a fighter. Oh, that's right. I forget that. That's okay. Insane. You could technically make four with your bonus action. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. I got one crit. All one, right. Uh, was that? 26, one, uh, 25, and then a 13. All right. For the record, you'll want to do the three together, but your backside one, you'll mm-hmm. want to do separate okay. because of the, the different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we won't worry about it this time. We'll just do it in the order you said. So you said crit. Uh, 26, 25, and then this was like a 13. The 13 misses, the other three hits. So we'll say that your back end attack misses. Crit chart? Oh, yeah. Crit chart. Uh, go ahead and roll the d20 for me. 17. This one is constantly bleeding, taking a d4 damage each turn. And he takes 29 points of damage. 10, 10, and 9. Did you roll an extra dice for your crit? Was I supposed to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all crits are extra dice. So just one extra d8 or d6, six. it seems. Add five to that. You take your spear and you do a jab into his belly, like right above his belly button, and you rip it out to the side and then slash across his chest twice. And as you spin to try and hit him like at the ankle with the blunt end of your spear, you just waft right past him. Cool. The first part was really cool. After Rokar, we then move on to Finch. I guess I'll attack the one that's directly in front of me. How far away is that? 20 feet away. I should probably get up close. I'm a sword guy now. So let me, let me move on up there. All right. And let's take a couple swings. And you know, I'm a smite at some point. 16 and a 19. They both hit? Hey, cool, cool. Well, let's let's divine smite both of them, huh? Okay, so 22 damage on one. 22 again. So you rush forward and take your greatsword and slash upwards, kind of dragging it from the ground up his chest, and then you bring it back down into his shoulder. And then he like rears back and pulls out from that cut and gets ready to attack with his claws against you. But then we move on to... Can I take my turn? You sure can. Because I also have just recently learned to eye bite. And after just seeing what Felomir tried to do, I'd like to uh, lean in close to him while he's got his back turned to me and just say, I saw what you tried to do there. Let's have that spell hit next time and give you a (laughs) D10 of Bardic Inspiration. And then you see me turn around and my eyes are just completely blacked over. Like, what'd, you, what'd you say? Tell me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I'm going to move to the right. All right. And I'm going to take a shot with my wand of mental strife. All right. It's going to be a 26. 26 is a hit. It's seven psychic damage. You see that ray of energy come from your wand and hitting him like right underneath his chin and it kind of engulfs over his head as that energy crackles and then seeps into his skull and it disappears. See his head kind of rear back and shake. He's still standing and he just starts rearing his arm back ready to slash at Finch. I got him though. We move on to troll number two, which rushes towards Felomir and attempts two claw attacks and a bite. I will use my reaction on the first attack. 
So you use Entropic Ward. Okay, which gives him disadvantage. Mm -hmm. See if it does anything this time. Ooh, that's a miss. (laughs) First time it's been successful. So the claw attack misses. Second claw attack is a 21. That hits. The bite is a 13. Fender wins. All right. So one claw attack hits. Ooh, uh, that's going to be... 16 slashing damage. I will need a constitution save from you for your concentration. A success. And after troll number two, we then move on to Astra. Am I in melee range? You are in melee range with troll number two, but not any of the other trolls. Okay. I flank troll number two and cast a level four inflict wounds and touch that bitch. All right. Give him a little tickle tickle. My first roll was shit. I'm going to re-roll using Tides of Chaos. All right. Aha. And that is going to be uh, 24. 24 is a hit. Wow, oh, Because magic. you use Tides of Chaos, we will use Wild Magic. Wild Magic. Burr, 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 burr. What did we get last time? Bubbles. Speaking All of right. bubbles again. All right. So let's let's let make, let's make gamify this a little bit. Over under bubbles. Do you think it's going to be better or worse? Worse. Worse. Okay. Better. Mm, uh, do I roll damage first? Better. Uh, yeah, we'll do Tide's Chaos after. I'm going better than Bubbles. What do I get if I win? Oh. 31. 31 necrotic damage. Yeah. All right. You walk up behind it, put your palm on his lower back, and then this dark energy comes from your hand and engulfs his spine. It goes up and down. You can see it pulse through his veins in his back. He rears back in pain. Could see him arch his back as if a mosquito hit him, bit him on his back. Wow. <laughs> must be a big fucking mosquito. It's like a real big. Because you use Tides of Chaos, we will be doing wild magic. Hell Let's yeah. Go. Let's go. 66. Oh, the okay. devil. It's a bad one. Good or is number. It 90? 69. Oh, sick. Wait, are we saying good or bad? That's like the devil's little 69. brother. I said, I said, I'm, I said saying, bad. I'm Wait, saying nice. Better. It's 69. It's 69. It's 69. Bad. And in case, in that case, well, 66 is bad, but 69 is good. Yeah. Is it good by default because it's that number? Is that no, what you're I saying? No, I just know the chart. Oh, okay. All right, what's what's the over under here? It's, good, bad. I don't fucking know. It's 69, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm saying good as well. Uh-huh. Super good. Right. Before I knew what's the role, the I said bad. Now everybody's saying they're... Wa- what do you think now? I probably always... good because the guy who knows the table says it's good. I'm lying. I don't know it. <laughs> good. Let's go with good. You've gotten a 69 before. That's not the first time this has happened, right? Uh, this is the first time I've seen this one. Oh, well, maybe I'm fucking mm. crazy. We got a first timer. Mm. Each creature within 30 feet of you row, row. becomes invisible for oh, the next shit. minute. Is that all of us? <laughs> all of us? Even the trolls? Even the trolls. Invisify. <laughs> Every single person on the battlefield is now invisible. Okay, oh, so hilarious. I guess I don't use my bonus action because I can't see. <laughs> oh, God. I have something for seeing visibility. Where, where'd everyone go? <laughs> Suddenly, all there is is a, a, a meadow. <laughs> voices. Well, you know, I was going to cast originally when, before I was in melee range, I was going to cast uh, 
guiding bolt. You two bolt. on your phone. Don't look at that description. What description? Of 69. Oh, I'm not. Okay. I mean, you can still attack, by the way. I mean, no one should be Googling I mean, yeah, 69. Yeah, everyone's just invisible. Yeah. yeah, I have a feeling if I Google 69, I'm not going to get the results. <laughs> uh, Dungeons so. and Dragons 69. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we get that granular, it's still going to be bad. Mm. It's still going to be some big orc lady. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Googling it. Never mind. And everyone knows you can still attack invisible creatures. You just have disadvantage. After Astra and her very strong inflict wounds and then giving everyone invisibility, we then move on to troll number three. And all of you see like the footsteps in the splashing water just kind of confused and like stepping back and you're not sure exactly what's happening. Uh, you do have a feeling that he is in this general area. And he's just kind of mm. splashing around confused. Yeah. After troll number three, we then go on to troll number one, who was already like rearing back with an attack. So he continues through with his attack against Keth, because that was where that was his original target. He does not have disadvantage because I attacked recklessly. So he had, oh, so he would have had advantage, and mm -hmm. now he has disadvantage despite you being invisible. All right. So his bite is a critical miss. His first claw attack is a 22. That is a hit. His second one is a 17. That is a miss. And as those three attacks happen, he becomes visible again. What I don't remember based off of the wild surge description is if you become visible after getting hit. You are still invisible. Yeah, that is. But that one attack that hits you is for 14 piercing damage. No, slashing damage because this was the claw attack. Uh, he also takes bleeding damage. Yes, it is his turn, so he does take bleeding damage of and a d4. And you he can takes roll the an d4. attack of opportunity from me because I'm a polearm master. He didn't enter your range. He was been in my range. Yeah, he has to enter. He has to enter your range. I thought he had to. A creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you. You can use a reaction to make a melee attack against that target. Oh, this is Polar Master. You're talking about. Oh, talking Sentinel about attack. That's Sorry. Uh, yeah. Apologies. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to Sentinel his ass. All right. And you're using your reaction for the turn. So this that... is the D4 that you asked for the bleeding. Okay. That's a four. Okay. And then that's a 25. You have advantage. Roll for your crit. Oh. Wait, why do I have advantage? Because you're invisible. Oh, sick. Also a 25. All right. Uh, damage for that, and you will be visible now after your attack. Good. Damage is 11. All right. Attempt some attacks against Keth. Only lands one claw, and as you see him attacking your friend, you take your spear and jab it through his forearm as uh, he's kind of pulling back. And you just see like a bunch of blood just like pulling off of him the, the last six seconds. And after troll number one, we then move on to Keth. As uh, Rokar jabs him with the spear, I'll duck under the spear and try to shove the uh, troll down with my shield. Okay. Uh, this will be athletics versus athletics. Yup. 20. Uh, 15 for me. And I'll shove him to the ground. Okay. So you're pushing him prone where I will then attack with advantage. 23 on the first one. That's a hit. And a 219, that's a 29 on the second one. All right, that's also a hit. 23 points of bludgeoning damage. You take your hammer and you just start pounding him while he's down on the ground. 
and you see his like eyes fading as if he's uh, dying, but like you can just see his like muscles are pulsing as if he's still alive somehow. I want you die! And after Kath, we then move on to Doris. Okay, so number three is still invisible and confused, right? Yes, yeah, just splashing around in water. And I can see roughly where the splashing is happening. So I also still invisible. And Finch is still invisible as well, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to use a minor illusion. I'm going to stay where I am, and I want to throw the sound of me playing my drum to within five feet of uh, of the first one to maybe make him think there's something to swing at there. All right. So you're using minor illusion to mimic a beating drum behind him. Yes. All right. What's your spell, DC? It'll be 17. All right. All right. So as you cast the sound, you realize as you're looking at your hands casting the spell that as soon as you start casting the spell, you become visible. And the sound of the beating drum is behind him. And even though you become visible after casting the spell, he does turn around and is now focused on the invisible sound because it was just so close to him. We take those. Well, okay. I guess you can't see that if he's turned around, but you assume he's turned around because he's not chasing you now that you're visible. He's not coming closer to me. Right. And is there anything else you'd like to do when you're turned towards? I think if I move, I think what I'm doing will become more obvious to him, so I'm just going to stay where I am. All right. And after Dorothy, then we move on to Felomir. I think I'm going to I'm gonna back away from this troll who's still invisible in front of me because I'm, I'm freaked out, man. So I'm going to back away. I'm, uh, we'll go maybe 15 feet back. Uh, so if he wants to swing at me, he can. He will at disadvantage because you're invisible. Yes, but also he's hidden, so he has advantage, so it just cancels out. Okay. <laughs> that's how invisible on invisible rules work. It just it negates everything. That's weird. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, so, yeah, he takes an attack for 22 on his... Is it? I don't know which attack I did, so I'm going to roll for it. It kind of just feels like everybody should get disadvantage in an invisible versus invisible attack. Right. It was a claw attack. So this will be 16 damage again. 16 slashing damage. Sorry, 18. 18 slashing damage. And he's now visible. Yes. And I'm still holding concentration, but I'm not going to do anything with it this turn. I'm just going to pop off some Eldritch Blasts. Okay. On this guy. Uh, My first one is with advantage. Because you're invisible. Well, I guess, yeah, and Tropic Ward. Okay. That's going to be a 24 for the first one. Okay, that's a hit. 18 for the second. That's a hit. 18 for the third. That's also a hit. We're 31 points of force damage total. All right. Three very powerful blasts hitting, like, one in the thigh, one in the chest, and then one in, like, the upper shoulder. And uh, it knocks him aback, but he is staying put. He is still standing. And is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Philip? That'll be all. So we then move on to Rokar. I think what I would like to do is do a sweet spin move and uh, attack the troll that Felomir was just attacking. Okay. And then attack oh, wait, that it. that Felomir was attacking or that Keth That's knocked down? That's this one here. No, the one Keth knocked down, I'm not super worried about. Okay. As you start to run away, the prone one does take a melee attack at disadvantage with you. I didn't even know that was a thing. 
that will be a 17 to hit. No. He just tries to trip you. All right. And then I'm going to whap this guy four times. All right. Does he have advantage since he's flanked? He does. You have advantage on all of your attacks because Astra is flanking. Okay. That's a lot of dice roll. So that is 15. Defender wins. That's more than that. That's a hit. (laughs) 19. That's a hit as well. And then the pommel strike. Okay. Uh, 18. The last three hit. So two normal spear attacks and then your pommel. Because that's going to be 11 damage. All right. That'll be seven damage. And then for the pommel strike, that'll be five damage. All right. So 23 total. You rush up to this troll and start jabbing your spear all into him and uh, take your pommel and knock him across the chin. And it does bring him down to a knee and he stiffens. And you can see his muscles also starting to pulsate like the one that was prone. And after Rokar, we move on to Finch. So I got a pretty good idea where the invisible guy is that was fighting in front of me. That and I also have a question regarding Finch's turn. If the enemy believes he is flanked, is he? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. That's a good question. Um, that's pretty valid, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay. Real cool. I like it, yeah. If the enemy believes he's flanked, he's flanked. Nice. <laughs> makes sense to me. <laughs> I have this branding smite, which I have a note that says it makes invisible visible. Okay. So then I'm gonna I'm gonna run. I just want to make sure that you agree that that's a real thing. I, mean, I don't ever know. I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run up with my great sword, uh, and with a branding smite in mind, I'm gonna take a big old swing. All right. Go ahead and give me the attack. That is a 21. 21 is a hit. So you want to do a branding smite with this one? I do. All right. Just 2d6 radiant damage. And I have a note saying it makes invisible visible. That is accurate. Okay, so let's start with... And they shed light in a five-foot radius. Cool. And can't become invisible until the spell ends, which is a concentration spell up to one minute. And I always forget to do this, but I can reroll ones and twos because I'm a great weapon fighter, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Me, great, great fighter. <laughs> Me, big, strong. <laughs> Me, swing sword, good. So that's going to be uh, 23 damage, and he is now visible. All right. He's over here. All right, you have an extra attack still. And away I go with one more swing. Regular old swing. Here we come. 26. 26 is a hit. And I'll do another uh, Divine Smite on this guy. Which is radiant damage again? Yes. 21 damage. With your great sword, you come up and slash him across the chest, and it reveals him completely, like, illuminating his outline with radiant energy. And you take your second attack and just bring it down into his right shoulder. And he also goes down to a knee like the other troll that Rokar's fighting. And you can see his muscles kind of spasming as he is not falling. Is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, Finch? I don't think so. All right. So after Finch, we then move on to troll number two, which from his knee stands up and attacks Rokar. Uh, it's going to be a 26. A critical. Ooh. Does he have disadvantage or anything? Maybe he's invisible, but... No, he's not. Never mind. I think everyone's visible now. 
And then a crit miss for his final attack, which was the bite. So the two claw attacks are going to be for a total of 27 slashing damage. Oh, there's a crit damage in there for an extra five. So 32 slashing damage total. Ew. Hey. Ow. Uh, and after the troll slashes through you a couple times, we then move on to Astra. I'm still invisible. Okay. How's the dude looking that's in front of me? Spasm. He just His muscles are spasming. Okay. He just kind of stood up as if he found new energy and started to attack Rokar. I'm guessing none of us in-game knew about trolls, right? I mean... No. Probably, probably not. I don't know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what about out of game? Though? Do you uh, know about yeah, trolls? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and cool. They, they turned the stone in the sunlight. No, that's a gargoyle. <laughs> I do have a spell for that. That's a gargoyle. Does Astra know about trolls? Um, know what happened in The Hobbit? I don't know. I I don't know. Do you either. think that there would be a reason that Astra would know about trolls? I don't fucking know, Lord. Your character, not mine. Yeah, come up with a good story. Be creative. Be narrative. Come on. <laughs> give me a role-play reason why Astra would know about trolls, and I will give you a skill check to determine if you know about trolls, if you nah. know some specific details. I'm good. However... If we're in the Lathansis, uh, Feli Fell might, might be the only one that knows. Yeah. May know something, maybe? If we're in Lathansis. Okay, Astro's confused and can't see it, but she's just like, okay, and makes a determined face and presses both of her hands against the back of the troll and cast uh, with a quickened spell to inflict wounds okay. of level, of third level. Okay. 22. That's it. And 21. That's also a hit. First attack does 13 damage. Second attack, 15 damage. All right, so 28 total? Yes, 28 total damage. You put your hands on his back and you can just feel this energy coming out of you. It seems like it is like way too much arcane energy to keep this guy, like he, he has to die. There's no way he can survive this. And you put your hands on and you can see all that necrotic energy pulse through his veins and then he just drops to a knee again. And then he's just, his muscles start to spasm again. Still alive. Okay. Less than 81 on the wild magic chart. Wild magic! I'm doing bad. Okay. Can we do our bets before we we know what the, <laughs> you know, we just that's all assume that it's good because it's 69. But that's what we did I just before. throw it out there. I'm going bad. Bad. I'm it's going bad. great. It's I'm very going bad. Good. Top I think tier. 81 sounds good. This I'm, is going to be rough. Top tier. Good. Bad. Bad. Good. Oh, brilliant. Good. I'm going to do it with really good. Too, I think yeah. really bad. Like, really. Like, so you, you two are the only bad? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take one additional action immediately. That was oh, I told you real good. Fairly Monday. Yeah. You are now out of the bets. You <laughs> only had two. Oh. You only had two HP. Nice, 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 nice. One more action? Yeah, you can take an immediate action. Hmm. Does that just mean you reset your turn effectively, or what? What does that mean? Exactly? No, there's an action in the action pool. So okay. for you, it would basically mean you get all of your weapon attacks again, except for your bonus action one. Okay. I don't know what to do. There's <laughs> too many options. Just start punching them, man. Erm. Um, Maybe that's what they want. Ask him why he won't die. <laughs> <laughs> won't Am I? Die? I'm assuming I'm visible now. You are visible. Okay. 
your action could be to disengage if you wanted. Yeah, but doesn't that give them opportunity? Not if you disengage with your action. If you're backing up, they can swing. If you're running like a bitch, they let you go. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now that he knows I'm behind him again, I'll disengage and just yell, What is going on? Why won't they die? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Astra does a lot and then runs away. Troll number three then attacks Finch. Here comes some attacks. 12 and then a 13. Miss, miss. And then the bite is a 19. Hit. For 11 damage. Ah, he bit me! Just bites like right into your fore, uh, forearm as you're pulling away with your sword. After troll number three, we move on to troll number one, who stands up. He bleeds. It's two damage. And then attacks Keth with just normal attacks, right? Or did you recklessly attack? I did not recklessly attack. So first one's a crit. That's a hit. Second one's a 25. That's a hit. Bite is a 22. That's a hit. Yo, he got up mad. Mm. Shit. 13 on the crit. 10 on the second claw. And then five on the bite. So 28 damage. 28 slashing and piercing damage. Rolls ain't no joke. Yeah, they're just challenge rating five, y'all. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, Dave? I don't know. They won't die. Why won't the trolls die? <laughs> yeah, Dave. Chaos portal. Is it the chaos portal's fault? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. At least a little bit. Well, not directly. No. These yes, are the ghosts that got indirectly. left behind. And she, they've been working she, out. After troll number one, we then move on to Keth. Die! Die! <laughs> die! And I'm, I'm going to rage All and right. uh, attack him <laughs> some more. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Has anyone tried fire? fire? Has anyone tried being like, hi, we're nice people. <laughs> right. We don't want to kill you. Because <laughs> we can't kill you. <laughs> because we can. It's a 20 and a 13. Those are, well, first One. one's a hit. The other one's miss. Uh, 12. 12. 12 points of bludgeoning. <laughs> 12. <laughs> God damn it. 12 points of bludgeoning damage. All right. You bring your warhammer in and start pounding him in his ribs, basically. And he just drops to a knee again. And you see those muscles starting to spasm. And after Keth, we move on to Dorth. Um, I'm going to move far away. No, 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 far, no. far away. I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to use a mass cure wounds. All right. I, I'm sorry, Astra. You ran far, far away. There's nothing I can do for you. Phew. <laughs> All right. Everyone gets 14 points of, of healing. Not Astra. All right. Anything else you can turn, Dorth? 10 feet of movement, one spell. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll do. Dorth makes things awesome. You guys are getting frustrated, I can tell. All right. After Dorth, we move on to Felomir. Okay, so it's pretty apparent to Felomir at this point that these creatures aren't dying. Correct. After Astra screams out, they won't die. They won't die. And then Keth is just pouting into one that's on his knee and he's just not even falling over. Can I make some sort of knowledge check to to know why? Do I Am I familiar with these creatures? I know we're kind of looking like we're in Lethansis. Have I read a book about them? Do you think Felomir would have would know anything about trolls. Are they or native to Lathansis? He would say he knows. 
there's probably one island in Lathansis that would have some trolls in them. Okay, Not green okay. trolls. They would have uh, gray trolls in the, okay. in the mountains. All right, how about this? I'm, I'm thinking back to when Doroth turned around to me earlier in the combat and said, you'll get him next time, and gave me erotic inspiration. Okay. I remember a song I used to hear as a child. Okay. Back in Lathansis. <laughs> It, and it went a little something like this. Okay. Should I roll first? I no, want to hear you sing. Okay. Yeah, do it raw. Do it raw. You'll get your roll. Dorth is all ears like, right, right. right. So one, two, three, four. Uh, when you when you when you see a troll, you should kill it with fire. You should burn it to the ground, or maybe some acid will work too. <laughs> is he doing this audibly for all of us, or is this in his head? He's no, mumbling. No, he's, it. he's mumbling it just like, loud enough did, for everyone. How did that song go? Fuck you, kill it with fire. Everyone, give me perception checks. <laughs> oh my god! Please hear this. <laughs> yes, crit. Ten. It translates Eight. into a rhyme in Elvin, of course. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's an eight. You said crit? I said ten. Ten. I said crit. Nine. Sixteen. So you hear the song being sung. None of you know the song. It's a Lathansian... Children's. Folk tale. Jingle. Jingle. A Lathansian jingle. It's a PSA announcement. <laughs> a scroll merchant selling only fire scrolls. But thankfully, he sang it in common so that everyone could understand that it sounds like you should kill it with fire or maybe acid. But the only people that heard it were Dorth and Rokar. And I actually want my first thought to be, is he singing right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Wait. I instinctively knew that he was singing it in, a, in not the native language, which is why it didn't rhyme. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn, fellow? Was that my action? Oh, no. No, it wasn't your action. I forgot what your turn has been. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, well, in that case, I'm going to cast Produce Flame. All right. And throw it at? At troll number two. Well, are either one and two are both on the ground. One, two, and three are all on a knee. All right, well, we'll just do, we'll do number two. All right. That's a hit. 26. 26 is a hit with that produce flame spell attack. For 19 points of fire damage. Ba-doom, do, do, do. <laughs> you want to kill a troll? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the end of the episode. I got trolls an actual burn up in the fire. You take this ball of flame in your hand and you just chunk it at the second troll and it hits him square in the chest and just goes straight through it like melted butter and it just falls back as it dies. Guys, we need to kill him with fire. <laughs> <laughs> and after fellow beer, we then move on to Rokar. I would like to cast green flame blade on myself. All right. And then I will move to attack troll one i right. guess sounds good and then i'm gonna attack him with my with my blade that's now green uh that's a 19 19 is a hit does damage matter really should i do it anyways? it really doesn't as long as there's fire damage in it I'm good. yeah there's fire damage in it okay so yeah you take your spear and you come up and you just slash across him with the spear with this green energy green flame coming from it and it cuts through him diagonally like butter and he just kind of splits in half with a spear attack, basically. And then I'll action surge. Okay. To cast Scorching Ray on the third troll. Okay. I'm into it. 
Oh, and you also regain some temporary hit points from your blood spear whenever you killed the troll. How many? I don't. You don't, I don't remember how you how much you said. I think it's two d six is the way it works. Maybe I'll look it up. Okay. My best hit was a uh, twenty one. Twenty one's it. That's gonna do three damage. All right. It is fire damage. So the a scorching ray comes right over your shoulder, Finch and just pierces the heart of this troll and just goes out the other side, taking a whole bloody trail of fire and bloodlets through the air. You turn and you look and you see Rokar's palm out as it came from him, and all three trolls have all died. As the final troll falls over, lifeless, you hear soft footsteps rushing your direction. A female halfling steps into the grove. She holds a wooden staff that has pink vines wrapped around it. The vines at the end of the staff slowly move as if they were fingers and alive. At the end of the staff, a fairly large, roughly cut emerald levitates at the tips of the vines. Puzzled, she pauses, and then without looking behind her, a monochromatic long-eared elf holding silver scimitar steps into view. His skin, leaf clothing, and leather armor are all different hues of orange. Hello, I'm Tunatora. And hi, I'm Thicklefoot! I'm sorry, we rushed here as soon as we could when we heard the fighting. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, I, I think we've handled it now. Um, my name is Flynn Finch Cartwright. Flynn, nice to meet you. What are you, what are you doing here? Where, where is here? Uh, you're in the shimmering swamps on the mainland, just north of the Fey Islands. I'll turn and look at uh, Felomir. The the Fey Islands? Yes. Uh, where's that? Ex- where's where's that very, exactly? Very far south from Chandelin, so at the very southwestern point of the world map. Oh, that's not good at all. Uh, we shouldn't be here. How did you get turned around coming this far south? Uh, we we were teleported. Uh, so we were supposed to be going to Saravale in Mithron, but we ended up here. Mithron? On the other continents? Yes. Wow. That's some interesting teleportation magic. We still don't really get exactly how it works. Clearly. Huh. And you can just do this on command? N- no. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, we had someone who was uh, teleporting us to them. Allegedly in Saravale, but uh, there there was some issue clearly, and here we are. I had my doubts. Chaos. Um, uh, excuse me. What? Why is your friend there orange? Cat, you, you can't just you ask somebody the, why they're orange. Are you asking the halfling? <laughs> yeah. He's an Aladrin. He's one of the final Aladrins of Asus. An a, a, a Aladdin? A, Aladrin. Aladrin. Is that uh, is that an elf? It is an elf. Yes. Uh, yes, they're uh, a, a very ancient race of elves, yes. Uh, I don't know much else about them, but I didn't know any still existed. Yes, I am the final that I know of here. I'm just here to kind of protect this area, and I'm training here Thicklefoot. Do you train others? I take on apprentices, yes. We don't have time for that. Stop. <laughs> we, have places, we got places to go. <laughs> We're also trying to save the world, Rokar. Doris, you think you can reach out to Chismrism, maybe give this whole thing another shot? You know what? I was kind of hoping he would reach out to me by now. <laughs> is is there something going on? Um, yeah, perhaps we should warn them of what's coming. 
if they don't already know. What's coming? Uh, an army from Grixolis. Have you heard of the place? I do know of Grixolis, yes. Uh, yes, well, Vorin, I assume you know him as well. I do know of the Guardians of Aces, yes. Yes, well, Vorin is uh, amassing an army in Grixolis and intends to bring it here to Aces very soon. Interesting. Where will he be going? Uh, that we, we are not entirely sure. Um, we've, we, ar- we've already got enough going on here. Enough as in strange occurrences? Oh, yes. The uh, Naga off of the co- off the coast um, in the islands have been corrupting everything. The halflings of the islands have fled here to the mainland. The, the Naga? Yes. Well, what is that? Guess you could consider them snake people? It's like a snake person. Weird. I know this from video games, not D&D knowledge. Video games? <laughs> we will bring these to your island soon enough. Fear not. We, we don't know where the Naga came from or how they became corrupted, but they seem to have become, become empowered by something in the ocean. And how long ago was this? It's been years now, but uh, this, is, this is alarming that Vorin would be coming to Asus with, a, with an army. Well, that's part of why we shouldn't be here right now. We kind of have like a big job to do. Okay, so heroes. We try. Yeah. It's kind of you to view it that way, yes. You don't happen to have a portal somewhere around here uh, w- I, w- I, with the wizard's rainbow or something? Or- oh, no. Uh, I, would, I guess you could say the civilized world doesn't come this far south. Uh, well, how about some sort of settlement? Uh, and we can contact our guy and see about getting out of here? Um, well, the halflings, their settlements were on the islands, and they have just small little villages now within the woods. So I, I don't know that there's anything here for you. I would say that if you have someone that you can contact, as someone mentioned, uh, maybe you can reach out to them. Fine, fine, fine. Give me a second. <sighs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Chism Rizm? We seem to be in the Fae Isles. Dorith? <laughs> Okay, Dorothy, I'll, I'll try again. Uh, make sure you group up. I'll do it in 30 seconds. Oh, crap. <laughs> Guys, group up right now. Rush I'll over. run for it. Yeah. <laughs> do we have to do another face? I don't think so. I think that was just to talk to him, right? Yeah, like, it was just to explain the process. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, big guy, regular size person. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. We got a jet. Yeah, I, I hope your um, problems get solved soon. Make your preparations. We'll help if we can. Good luck. Prepare for an onslaught. (laughs) (laughs) Be be ready for oncoming doom. (laughs) We'll tell someone about your plight. (laughs) You gather up once again, and the dangerous yellow circle illuminates around you. It gets extremely bright, extremely loud, and extremely violent as you once again are moved from one place to another. Not knowing what to expect, your bodies tense up. And as the intense gravity lightens, your stomach drops as there is no footing. You panic and look around as you free fall. Clear blue skies all around you. To the sides, there is nothing but water on the horizon. Then below you is the dark blue ocean. 
After about 50 feet of falling, you each splash into open ocean. Despite your disorientation, natural instincts kick in and your heads each pop out of the water. What the fuck? <laughs> I can't swim. <laughs> I'll swim over to Philomir uh, and try to like, hoist him on my shoulders. Help me. I'm just going to like plunge your head down. <laughs> Stop it. I like grasp up my shoulder. Oystrich, oystrich. Yeah, he's there. Okay. Oh, thank God. Can I swim? Like, I would assume that most people can swim if they have an athletics or. Is an it safe to assume I can? Like, I, I can swim in full armor though. Uh, that it's sounds difficult. Oh shit! Okay. Does that mean I'm being weighed down too? Huh? Yes. It so is difficult. I would like to take my. Wait, can Thelmir? Can you actually not swim? Or you, was that a meme? Oh, I can't. None of my characters can swim because I can't swim in real life. Okay. So I would like to uh, empty my water skin into my body <laughs> <laughs> and then inflate it and and pass it off to Philomir to use as a flotation device. Okay. Uh-huh. Are water skins that big? No. <laughs> so within it's that like one single floaty. I, I don't think it really takes all that much. Look, I've been spending a lot of time in the pool. It's summer. Okay. Philomir, can you, can you cast your floating disc? I need 10 minutes. <laughs> Someone hold me for 10 All right, minutes. Everybody, surround Felibir. Dorothy, you're here in your head. Well, I don't see you, Dorothy. Did I fail on my calibration again? <laughs> I believe so. We're in the water. We don't know where we are. Dorothy. <laughs> After about 30 more seconds of waiting, and y'all just kind of try to figure out how to continue with, stay at the surface, you're here in your head again, Dorothy. We'll group up again. We'll try again. Grab on to me. It's happening. <laughs> we all swim over to door, hold on, and start to sing. <laughs> you wade in the water, and that yellow, thin beam of light circles around you. It's loud. As it trembles, the wake gets rough. And then as the gravity gets intense, it pushes your head underwater before you had a chance to take a deep breath. This is chaotic as well as the six of you try to stay within the 10 foot diameter grouped around door. Give me athletics or acrobatics checks to keep yourself in the circle. God. Big roll coming, guys. <laughs> Big roll. Has it been 10 minutes since I got my bardic inspiration? <laughs> probably, or no, like it hasn't been 10 minutes. You probably still have it. Great. <laughs> going to be a four. 15. This was a- acrobatics or athletics? Acrobatics or athletics. Uh, 27. 13. 18. Critical. All right. Deidre. Bye. Um, <laughs> no. Death safe. Death safe. Uh, you have a backpack, right? Yeah. It gets cut in half by this ray of energy. David, my gourd lantern. <laughs> Once again in the ocean, you lose all of your gear. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck you. You had a backpack. You weren't meant to have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and now that you're underwater and the gravity is keeping you underwater where you can't even get like above the surface, I need everyone to give me constitution saving throws. And we all are within 10 feet of Finch. You are all within 10 feet of Finch, so... Plus four, too. Plus four to your saving throws. Do I get that plus four, too? Yes, you do. 25. 13. 22. 18. 10. 19. Finch and Kef, as you're underwater, you can feel your body spasm as you're just gasping for air. 
you are literally drowning. And as the teleportation eventually activates, you all are dropped from about five feet up onto a rocky cliffside at the top of what seems to be a small mountain. You look to your left and right, look into your grouping, and Finch and Keth are both knocked out, drowned. Oh, this just keeps getting better. <laughs> does, does like CPR exist in this D&D world? I don't know how drowning is cured in D&D. Is there the Expel dying water or, or something? I would just get some medicine out of my lungs. I would assume, yeah, just medicine. I have destroy some water. Some sort of healing. Destroy water. <laughs> destroy you the water, destroy in water in the body. <laughs> so all of you your know blood. You know there's a lot yeah. of water. Blood bending, let's go. They are now brain dead immediately. When a creature runs out of breath, it can survive for a number of rounds equal to its constitution modifier. At the start of its next turn, it drops to zero hit points and is dying. You run out of breath. You can't regain, regain hit points or be stabilized until you can breathe again. Well, I guess at this point they would be... I mean, they, we can breathe now, right? Yeah. Well, we're so they not would just, breathing, right? Well, you, I guess you would be in death saves. Yeah, the opportunity to breathe already happened, right? In 5e, can someone drown in health potions? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, good question, yeah. though. You know, that's interesting. That would be I mean, a really cool attack. They're back to tank because they're gargling it and healing as they're dying. Astra mm. rushes over and casts for the dying on both of them. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, we'll say that that works. You're at one HP now, though. <laughs> I throw up. Gross, dude. Gross. Are y'all okay? I don't want to take the chaos portal anymore. <laughs> I, oh my God. Velomir, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. I'll use my pool to heal them. Okay. So giving them 10 HP each? Yeah. So you were both at 11. All right. I'm going to expend the rest of my lay on hands to split things up for me and Keth too. Okay. Um, you see, I've got 49. Can we call it 25, 25? <laughs> <laughs> 25 and 24, bud. All right. I'll give you the 25, Keth. I'll take the 20. Oh, thanks. Like you wanted to make it easier to split 50. <laughs> I did, I did. I thought maybe I could talk you into it. You know, real cool, real ease, who knows? <laughs> Can I get on my feet and look around if I'm not already on my feet? Uh, Yeah, so like as this kind of chaos comes to an end and people are healed and they're awake, uh, you all kind of look around in the vicinity and you notice that, there is, that you're at the top of a cliff and the crag that's below is very steep almost vertical and then in the distance you see lush green forest down in the valleys of these of this mountain range does this look familiar to me uh give me a nature check i also give you sure. a nature check uh five 15 uh both of you have seen mithron before and based off of the current news of the place being completely drowned in ice melt this does not appear to be mithron and honestly, you even with those chucks, you're not sure where you are. You then look at the top of the mountain that you're on, like where the cliff is, and you do see that there is a large stone pillar coming out of the peak of the mountain. Does that ring a bell at all? How, how far is the, stern, the stone pillar from us? We'll say roughly 50 feet. Okay, I'll approach the stone pillar. Okay, start climbing up the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a history check, Bellamere, if you think you may know if this is familiar. 22. You look at the pillar and you don't know exactly why this seems familiar to you, but the pillar is definitely 
dwarven architecture, stonework. And from a distance, you can tell that there are pretty large runes going up it. Historically, you don't know why it is significant, but it is dwarven in nature. So you assume you're in some sort of dwarven area. Is anyone following Rokar up the mountain? Not me. I'm feeling yeah. great. I don't blame them, but um, I feel fine. I'll follow them. Okay. Um, Astra is wringing out her clothes. Um, does prestidigitation get rid of soiled objects? Technically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm just like prestidigitationing all over, <laughs> um, drying myself, and then I'm going to take off my backpack and see if anything. Oh, yeah. It's just like cut, like you got like two inches off like near your back of backpacking and so everything is so everything fell out if you had like the laptop holder maybe the laptop would still be there but (laughs) everything else is gone would my gold be on my person or in my backpack how much gold you got uh i had uh 130 silver platinum and seven gold I would say that would probably fit in a satchel and your, on your side if okay. you would think it'd be on your belt. Yeah, because I, I do have a potion belt, so I'd still keep my potions. Sure. Right? Yeah. Assuming I didn't lose that the last time. <laughs> yeah, if it was on my person, then no. So you got your potions and your money, but anything else is gone. Hell yeah. Mm. Okay. Let me just delete all this. All right. So Rokar and Felomir, as you climb to the top of the peak and you get a closer look at this... Uh, stone pillar. The magical runes aren't really like you know how you get magical incantation wording but you don't really know what the words mean. Uh, You don't really get any sense of what this magical spell arcane marks could mean. Uh, But something a little more alarming is in the distance. You look to the west and you're almost in disbelief and shock to the point where you look down to your to the four remaining and wave them up. So each of you, despite not wanting to go up there, are felt the need to come and see what's happening. And at the top of this mountain, as you climb, you get a waft of ocean air and it's pleasant. The smell is calming and it's cool. It's a very cool breeze. But as the six of you watch that western horizon, you see a vast army on rocky cliffs looking across a small strait of water. On the horizon across the strait of water, you see a city with towering walls. Walls so large, despite none of you ever seeing this before, you know that this is Port Haven. A city with an impenetrable defense. You look back down to that army and you see ships filling with foreign soldiers, unfamiliar beasts and monstrosities raging as their handlers try to keep them under control. And it appears that Vorin's first strike will be against the toughest bastion of Asus. The six of you gather into a group again as Dorth pulls you in. You take hold of each other as that yellow light surrounds you. And as the light fades away, you are gone.
You panic and look around as you free fall. Clear blue skies all around you. I cast feather fall. Hold on, Deidre. Let me get (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll take a highlight. As will I, please. Is there enough for me? Yes. Dean will take, they will both take a high life. Three high lives. Three high lives. We we should tip him. He's cool. <laughs> not gonna not gonna do that. You don't tip you don't tip waiters. Everyone knows that. Everyone. You tip your sous chef. Yeah, you tip me. <laughs> Executive chef, right? Yes. Celebrity. He's graduated. Tom yes. Lindsay. Celebrity. Yes. I am a celebrity. Two time TV star. <laughs> Two time Tom, they call me. Two time Jay Tom. <laughs> What's going to happen when you do like a third time, though? Let's feel as like third time's the Tom will be my new tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask about four because I don't know yet. You got to come up with your own unique way of like dissing other people's food in front of them on national TV. Ooh, Tomcat. You really need to lay Tomcat. Tomcat. Cat is four in French. Oh, there we go. Tomcat. Ooh. My fourth of TV appearance. Tomcat. So next time you go on to television, you really need to lay into Applebee's. That's but why? Yeah, just create some drama. They're your neighborhood bar and grill, dude. Eat good in that neighborhood. Stop! 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 Why don't you go back there and just microwave me up some chicken poppers real quick? I feel like when they run out of food, they go to the store and buy their own TGI Friday appetizers from the freezer (laughs) section. God, (laughs) probably. Tell Fonty for (laughs) couple. Hello, Tanya. Pondor. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing of that whole was Dave just stopping you and being like, why do you keep saying it like that? <laughs> like, I can't read my own handwriting. Just add some of that D&D twang to it. <laughs> Speaking in infernal. Shut up. Pondor. <laughs> it always makes me fucking. <laughs> I think you had it written down at P-O-N-D-E. R too. I was like, right. I, I did. R. Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely did. That's why it's so funny is because he's adding that O where that E is. <laughs> okay. It's, it's almost looks like an O. Do y'all remember when uh there used to be like the import scene would hang out in the old like Del Champs parking lot on University and yes. Airport? Bruno's, buddy. Sorry, Del Champs. <laughs> I think it turned into Bruno's, okay. but whatever. Okay. Let's correct me. That's fine. Uh, some of us are older than others. So <laughs> some of us remember Del Champs. <laughs> I remember Del Champs, but I only remember that one on Hillcrest where that Publix is now. Well, Matt was driving his uh, one of his old shitty cars, either the same one he's in now, or <laughs> oh, the same shitty fuck. one I'm in, or this '92 Protege. I don't remember, but either way, they were both manual, and he's like. He looks over at me as we're trying to pull out of that parking lot, and the whole scene's just over there popping <laughs> off. And he says, check this out. And he revs up his engine real hard and then deliberately stalls out. <laughs> and then as I turn the engine back on, we feel out. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen Matt do. Because that, that joke was only for me. I felt right? very good about it. In right. front of 200 people. Everyone know? else was like, what yeah. is this was fucking like, oh, what an idiot. doing? <laughs> <laughs> fucking poser. 